All right, everybody, welcome back in. It is the Robin Stew Show. A big day. This is a big day for me and Rob. We've been talking about this. Uh, we've been talking college football. We talk, you know, baseball, all this stuff. Our real passion is the ponies. And, and by God, we're lucky enough to have friends that are, I don't know, Rob, what'd you call it? Like of, of some repute. Uh, legend, legend, some class legend. legends coming up. <laughs> Our friend Mike Maloney, um, he's going to be going over the Pegasus. He's, uh, I mean, you know, we 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 bask at at his altar. Uh, but leading us off, I mean, we got a guy who knows David Aragona. I mean, that that's big time. That's big time. That's big time. He is the head at. Uh, he's the face that runs a place over at Time Form US. He's uh, a beautiful baby. Uh, he's just a phenomenal friend to me personally. Um, the wonderful Craig F. F. Word Melkowski. F. Word is, you know, it's ubiquitous, but that's your middle name. I mean, that's that's what your friends. Let are. the man talk. Christ. Guy, well, I just want to give him a proper introduction. My own. Yeah, no, I got to say, uh, you said that horse racing is your guy's true passion. That may be true most of the year, but I know damn well that Rob's right now is the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> this is, yeah, this oh, is yeah. True. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, this doesn't happen very often, so we're a little nervous. We're happy, but we're a little nervous, so we'll see. I, I, I tried to put my tickets up online for sale the other day for $5,000 a piece. I haven't gotten any bites, but if it does, I'll maybe think of claiming something at golf stream that comes hey, Craig, <laughs> Craig's always on the hunt for a nice little trip. He is what we call unburdened by small children. So he, he's got his life back. Congratulations. Yeah. Th- let me tell you my one story real quick about going yes. to the vet. Uh, oh so God. Oh God. When I, was, when I was stationed at McGuire in New Jersey as a New York Giants fan, me and a friend of mine decided we were going to go to a Monday night football game. And uh, it was very cold. We got tickets through the MWR on the base. I know you know <laughs> what that is, Stu. So, you know, I'm not an idiot. You ain't getting tickets part. through MWR anymore, brother. I'll let you know that. Yeah. So for the most part, you know, I, I'm not too dumb. And I said, I'm not wearing any Giants gear to a Monday night football game in Philadelphia. So I just go wearing normal clothes and it didn't matter because I wasn't wearing Eagles gear. So I basically got <laughs> harassed for three hours. It was a horrible game. I, I want to say that the, the Eagles might have run the kickoff back and that was about as close as it ever got. Uh, Jim McMahon was Jim McMahon was quarterbacking the Eagles. So, oh my God. Uh, yeah, that was wild. Yeah, that's yeah. how long oh, yeah. ago it was. But the, yeah. some no name, nobody was quarterbacking the Giants at the time. And it was basically one of the worst experiences of my life as I just got abused for <laughs> probably the whole three hours because I stuck it out to the end. The vet, yeah, the vet, like my dad took me there as a kid. Um, that was a special place. You know, that place was insane. Um, the link is very different. The link is there's security everywhere. Now I will say when you go out in the parking lot, that's no man's land. You want to tailgate I, out I there. Love how, stuff? Hey Rob, I love how you go. Yeah. The link's different. There's security. I mean, you know, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, my cousin, my wife's cousin came with us Saturday and he was decked out in all his giants gear. He's a diehard giant fan. So 
we had one issue behind us, one guy, but I've had my seats there for 10 years. So I went up and politely talked to the guy and I was like, listen, just don't. So then I, my, my wife found another seat right behind us. And then I had him stand there with me, you know, very minimal because the game, you know, the Eagles were dominating, you know, and I'm not going to say if the giants would have won, it probably could have got a little <laughs> nasty, but uh, you know, he didn't have any issues. So it's, it's a little <laughs> bit, I, you know, it's a little bit softer, I'd say, than the vet. But listen, they're crazy people. I'm not going to say they're not. <laughs> you see the videos on the after the games on Twitter. It's it's an insane fan base. It's a it's a city that's insane about football. No other sport compares in Philadelphia. Any, all anybody cares about is the Eagles. They're they're number one. Yeah, some would say very similar to the Orioles. Some would yeah, say. I was going to say it's the horse racing version of Aqueduct. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great. Okay. Craig I, I actually drove past Aqueduct today. I, I was out in New York for work and I was just like, God, driving past there. There's there's a lot of rumors that they're not going to have the racing in a couple of years there. Everything's going to move to Belmont, but it is just, it's on its last limb, Aqueduct. Woof. Question Where <laughs> is the salt of the earth going to go if they close Aqueduct? Oh, I, I mean, don't know. That, the I, OTBs are shut in New York, so they have to go to Belmont or a lot of the Staten Island people. They actually go to Bayonne now in New Jersey. Well, they go right over the bridge. They put an OTB over there, but I don't know. Maybe you know, those Freehold? City OTBs, they were legendary. Freehold? Freehold? That's pretty far to, away. Well, it's the yeah. capital of, of the salt <laughs> of the earth. I mean, you're, that's where you're going to find it. Jesus's people. <laughs> I spent way, 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 way too many days at Freehold in my 10 <laughs> years at McGuire Air Force Base. Oh, yeah. Some, you know some, pe- some people are having uh, three-year-old birthday parties at Freehold. Garden so, you State, know. too. Yeah. Did you go to Garden State? Garden State, Atlantic City. Garden State oh, maybe yeah. even more than Freehold. Freehold was a little closer. I will Same say public. there were times I, I changed out of my uniform in the parking lot. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And and talking to salt of the earth, let's start with the grade three Pegasus Philly Marin Turf Race 11. Now, Craig, uh, just as a a preface, um, we're just going to talk race 11 and 12, but you and David Aragona, um, uh, another great friend to this show and myself, um, you guys are going over the whole pick five sequence. Where can people get that? And then by all means, start with the race. Yeah, the the easiest place to find us is the Daily Racing Form YouTube channel. Uh, All the videos are there. I mean, if for some unknown reason people wanted to watch other handicappers besides David and myself, uh, you can find like Mike Beer. Now I'm just kidding. Mike Beer's great. Dave, uh, uh, Dave, who... uh, yeah, Dan, I'm drawing a blank there. Dan Illman is great. I actually do watch those guys uh, do a good job, but me and David do preview videos. Our two weekly podcasts are up there. So that's the easiest place, Daily Racing Forum YouTube channel. As for the race, uh, 
the, the it's a grade three, I guess, is, is what this is these days, even though they offer a $500,000 purse. It, it just comes a little too early in the season, I think, to get the quality. But I think this whole stake sequence, what it lacks in, in star power, it makes up for in good, deep competitive racing. Yeah. And this, this is one that I, I really actually am look forward to betting. I, I said on our podcast that I don't even know if I'll play the pick five. It, it's so deep and contentious. And I'm not a guy that wants to spend $500 on a pick five. I, I like to play, you know, 50, hundred bucks and try to cash big, but I will be playing these races vertically for sure, because I think they're all pretty good. And this one in particular, uh, because I don't care for either one of the two favorites in here. The leak is a horse who uh, I just, I don't really trust her. I think there's some other speed in here. Uh, most of her big wins have come over that goofy race of uh, turf course at Churchill last year. She doesn't win outside of Kentucky. Uh, and she's just the second choice on the morning line. And then the favorite is the Chad Brown horse, Shanti Sarah, who just was terrible last time off a long layoff. She, she had a really good three-year-old season, but has only run basically twice in, in I think, almost a year and a half now, uh, maybe going up on two years. And I just think there's some others to take a swing with. And the one I'm really going to focus on is Queen Goddess, the sixth horse for Mike McCarthy. I generally don't like these California turf horses when they ship. I, I think they're usually a little bit inferior, but this one's the exception. I actually think she is uh, pretty darn good. You get Saez with the speed, too. I always like that. He's always excellent on speed horses, getting them to the front. Yeah, he is. And she doesn't necessarily have to have the lead. The other speeds to her inside and the one and two. So she has that tactical speed where if she has to sit second pressing, I'm okay with that. What I don't want for a horse like her is to be inside and have better speed outside. But I, I think she's fine. Speed figure, she fits well. And the Gulfstream turf... Uh, Gulfstream Park turf course is not exactly Belmont Park or, or Keeneland where you can make a big late run. It's just one that's generally dominated by horses on or near the front end. So she's one I'm really interested in Saturday. You're right about that. How many countless times have you seen on the turf over there, you know, a 25 or 30 to one shot gets loose and there's just no catching them. I mean, all the time on the turf over there, that happens. What, what was your thoughts on Artie's princess from the rail? I, I always think that uh, Zaffy has decent numbers stretching horses out. Like you said, the speed goes from synthetic to turf. Uh, did you have any thoughts on Artie's Princess? I mean, she doesn't have a lot of turf background to go. And unlike a lot of people, I am not really a big fan of just assuming synthetic horses are going to handle the turf. I, I think it's kind of a 50-50. Sometimes they like dirt more. And, you know, it's kind of that cross surface. And for me, I just don't think she's good enough to beat some of the horses in here. It's a pretty big jump up. Safi Joseph has a whole bunch of horses in this late pick five. And I almost wonder if he wasn't doing some favors to the, uh, the racing office, just getting some of these field sizes up because he does have some contenders but some look overmatched and I think this one will definitely have an impact on the race because of her early speed I just don't see her being of the quality to beat some of the others you, even you sometimes these owners on big days they want their horses out there they kind of want to have their table in the clubhouse they don't care if they're 90 to one they just want to have their uh horse racing you know you know yep, Rob no doubt Rob, I'll bring up on Artie's Princess too. If you if you look up the damn statistics, 
it, it spits a lot. There's a lot of synthetic runners coming out of that dam. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just may be one of those things where, you know, and I, I, I kind of tend to agree with you, Craig. I mean, I used to hear that all the time. Well, if they love synth, they'll love turf. And, you know, I, I guess somebody smart came up with that at some point, but like, you know, I've said some smart things before, but I'm, I'm pretty dumb. <laughs> yeah. The thing in the beginning was most people when synthetic first came out, they assumed it was going to be like dirt and it turned out it's really nothing like dirt, but it's also nothing like uh, tur- or turf. It's really its own surface. Some horses go back and forth between them. Fine. Uh, some prefer one, some two, some, some three, you just got to look at them all individually. And with Artie's princess, we're talking about the surface. It's also a distance thing. It's not exactly like she's a two turn horse. She's basically been sprinting her entire career. So it's a pretty ambitious spot to try two new things. Craig, I'll be yeah, honest be interesting with you. To see, it'll be interesting to see, like you said, too, the speed and the way that sets up in the race. Um, you know, did, does somebody get free on the front end? Do we get somebody closing? Because it doesn't look like there's a ton of speed signed on. So I think you make a great point with uh, Saez getting up aboard there for uh, McCarthy. Hey, Craig, I, I, I got I to gotta be honest with you. Queen Goddess, I, that's where I fell as well. Uh, I'd ask you about Lady Rockstar. I, I, you know, I bet this one over the summer. It's it's a good horse. It, you know, I'm a little concerned that it's drawn towards the outside and it might just fall a little bit too far back or get shuffled. I could see that kind of trip. But you look at this one, uh, you know, and juxtapose it with the rest of the crowd. I mean, this is a, you know grade three horse borderline grade two horse and i i don't know that there's many in there and i think the pace if you want a closer this might be the one you want yeah i'm i'm fine with her uh my top pick would be queen goddess but i'm also a guy that plays vertical bets and when i toss the favorites like i'm doing in this race i'm certainly going to spread a little bit and lady rockstar would definitely be my second choice I think she ran pretty darn well last time. She didn't get a very good ride from Irad Ortiz that day. Uh, He's a guy who on the turf is generally going to give you a good ride, but she was basically wide the whole way around, and I thought she ran really well to be second that day. So she's one I'll be using in Exactas with Queen Goddess and also Waka Naka, the Bill Mott train horse, trying to pick up the pieces. So, yeah, the six would be my main bet, but I'd also be using uh, her with the three and the seven. Move right, over to race 12. Yeah, let's move over to race 12. Race 12, what is it, Rob? This is the Pegasus World Cup Turf Invitational. $1 million. This is a great race, actually. I, I thought it came up as a great betting race. Um, I think Wit's really taken to the turf, which was kind of interesting. I thought when they put him on there in the summertime, I was like, eh, maybe a desperation move. Maybe he's got bad feet something like that, but he's really taken to the turf. It's kind of been, it's kind of been wild to see him, um, you know, reassert himself here with the turf horses after he uh, looked like he was on the Derby trail for a while. Um, I really love a long shot in here. Um, I, I like who's the star of the Mark Cassie horse. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Woodbine shippers coming to golf stream. I think they fare maybe a little bit better on the grass. I don't really have any stats to back that up. 
but it just seems like every time I bet the Woodbine horses on the dirt, they're terrible at Gulfstream. Um, I kind of like the way this horse is coming into the race. I think he's really hit his stride here in his five-year-old season. Um, I don't know what kind of a setup he's going to get, how it's going to work, but I really like who's the star at 20 to one. Yeah, he's a horse who's won five out of six since he moved off of dirt, some on turf, some on synthetic. One thing I will never do as a gambler is try to talk anybody off a 20 to one shot. Uh, I'm the kind of guy that thinks if you like a 20 to one shot, don't care what anybody else says, go to the windows because you don't have to be right very often to make a killing. And I'm going to look at a different longer price in this field. And it's not that I dislike the favorites like I did in the other race uh, so much. I, I think they certainly uh, have a chance. Horses like Ivar and City Man. I worry that they drew outside post positions, which isn't ideal in this spot. Uh, the other one coming out of the Breeders' Cup is actually the uh, five-year-old mare, Lady, Lady Spike Spear, who she's going to take some money off that big third in the Philly and Mare Turf. But the horse that interests me the most is more to the inside, and that's a tone, a three horse. He's just a horse who, the more I look at it, and in Timeform US, we, we have the Timeform US pace projector, and he is predicted to be up front on a lone lead. And when I look at the horses predicted to be in behind them, they're not even really speed horses. Horses like the five, one more bid, who I don't know that he's ever led a race in his life. Lady Spade Spear is then shown third behind him, and she's one who has some tactical speed. She's led a few races at Woodbine, but those are all like races with very little pace and slow very slow fraction. So this is a race when I get an informed horse like a tone come in who looks to have an easy lead on a pace that probably won't be much on a course at favored speed. I'm going to go in pretty heavy on him. Let me ask you a question. Does it factor in? Obviously, it probably does to your handicap. And, you know, he runs on Lasix last time. Now they take the Lasix off. He was successful with it two back at Kentucky Downs. He finished third or if I'm sorry, finished second when they took the Lasix off. Does that factor into your handicapping on this kind of day or not really? He's run fine without Lasix before, run similar speed figures. So it doesn't, unless it's just blatant, uh, handicapping's tough enough. I'm for the most part going to assume that if trainers are sending their horses out without Lasix, that they have a pretty good idea that they can run without it. Cause we've seen plenty of stakes horses that don't show up in these spots, particularly for that reason. So it's one of those, you never know when a horse maybe is going to bleed a little and, and not take to it, but this game's tough enough. I, I don't want to add further complications to it. You got that right. And, and I'll tell you, makers horses to me, in the past week have been running better. Like to me, they started out a little bit cold. And then I think in the last week, you know, that, that's always a thing to me going into big days, you know, whip horns or, you know, you see it all the time at these boutique meets, you know, these meets that guys point for, especially these big days. Uh, he just seems like his barn's starting to get hot. Yeah, and I don't want to act like the favorites have no chance in here. City Man is just in great form for a six-year-old. Uh, I would have liked him a lot more had he drawn that inside post, but just being outside, especially with his running style, he's a horse who likes to be up close to the pace, and that's going to be pretty tough from out there. For him to get that kind of position, he's going to have to go pretty quick, outrun several of the horses to his inside, and I think that might take a toll late 
Uh, he's run fine at a mile and an eighth before, but I think a mile and an eighth is probably his limit. So when you add in the extra uh, disadvantage of that post, I, I'm going to be against him a little bit at a short price. Uh, of the favorites, I'd probably take Ivar as the other one, just because he has that more of a late closing running style where the post probably won't affect him. He's just going to drop over and, and hope to get as close to the rail as he can and make that late run. So I'd prefer those two, but it wouldn't shock me if either um won because they're both really good horses in good form yeah this, this is a really nice betting race you know it's not like like you said you hit the nail on the head earlier with you know it's not that it's a star-studded group any of these big races but i i think there's some really good wagering thing i think as a gambler i, I think you get more excited for that than what we saw all over the summer not the bash saratoga but i mean god some of those stakes races they were tough with one to two shots and five horse fields. I mean, this is kind of nice that they're full fields and good betting races, you know, it, you know, so. Yeah, it's the thing. I mean, a lot of people were complaining about the Pegasus this year and no real stars in it. And I mean, I guess Cyberknife is a little bit of a star, but he's going to the breeding shed. But we've seen the races where we have horses like Arrogate and Gunrunner. And yeah, they're fun if you're just a fan of the sport that wants to see great horses. But would they all pay, pay to combine 450 or something like that? I mean, for me, great i mean I, I like the sport from both angles I, I am a fan i love the horses themselves but i also like to have a good wager and it's hard to get a good wager in those races so i'm never going to complain about grade one races where we have big fields uh particularly like this one and the pegasus right after it yeah and i mean you know horse racing twitter just loves everything so nobody's going <laughs> to complain i mean you're never gonna you know you'll no, never it's, it's the nicest them. happiest group of people you can find out on Twitter. I mean, that's pretty clear. Swift hitters, probably first and foremost. I mean, you know, you talk about somebody who's just happy all the time. Um, shout out Swifty. Love you, Justin. Um, question. Hurricane Dream, the number four, 15 to one. I, I kind of looked at this race and I, I don't know where to go. I'm much more, I kind of side with you, Craig. Like, all these races in and of themselves, I probably wouldn't want to do. I like I'm a pick three, pick four guy. Like I might take a small stab with a play. That's normally what my plays run through. But I'm actually really much more inclined to play the verticals. And I kind of want to key the number four here, Hurricane Dream, a horse that has consistently um, in graded uh, grade two, group two uh, stakes at Longchamp, um, run and, and hit inside the number. And that's that's a pretty difficult bar. And I'm not seeing any killers here. You know, Frankie gets back on the horse. He's already ridden this one. It's coming over for Graham. And I don't know. It just, you know, Team Valor divested from America purposely. And now they're bringing one back for, you know, because they love the spot. You know, yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff at play here. I, I a million think, dollars. I think I, that's what's at play. Yeah. A million dollars is what that like. Jesus. Thank you. Secretariat win, winning is uh, also on your card today. Thank you. Go boil but, some hot dogs, would you? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah this is a horse. Uh, this is a horse, David, your buddy, David Aragona, liked a bit. And I do too. He's fine. He's going to be a price. 
He's kind of a, a wild card I, in if here. David, if David liked this horse card. He did. I don't remember if he made him his top pick or not. You'll actually have to give uh, the, the podcast. I'm, I'm going to listen. Uh, I'm going to listen, but just let David know. Uh, maybe I'll text him. I'm going to bet my mortgage responsibly if he made it the top pick. Continue, <laughs> sir. Yeah, I don't. So, I mean, yeah, I've got no issues with this horse. We see grade two, grade three types from Europe come over and win our grade ones all the time. And while this is a grade one, I'm not sure it's really grade one quality, like a race like the Breeders' Cup or something like that. It, it's more like, you know, one of your weaker grade ones. So if there's no Colonel Liam's in here. Or I can't remember the some of the other horses that have won it. We've had some pretty good winners of this race. Domestic spending, I think, maybe won this race once annapolis um, you're, you're not getting anything crazy in this race right but yeah good betting contest all day and just to your point uh this would be it's a very tough thing to hit the pick five uh i'm of the mindset i can play five races individually and hit one and make a nice profit where I can play five races together and miss one and make nothing. So not that I don't ever play pick fives because I do, but I still stick to mostly a, a vertical guy playing price horses. Now, now, I'm, Craig, I'm the same there, way myself. Is there any spot else on the card that you really thought of uh, might be interesting, might be worth a look? Yeah, the 10th race in the Hooper, is another race where I've got some real concerns with the favorite Miles D and that that always oh yeah same triggers my radar when I, I don't like the favorite that's when I get really interested in a race it's a horse coming off a long layoff he he probably doesn't want to go this short he draws a bad post uh for the the inside one turn mile particularly for a horse like him who doesn't have a ton of early speed. So with all those questions, and if you look through the PPs in this race, there is just a ton of speed signed on in here. So I just can't help but think it's going to be a hot pace. And because of that, I really like the two horse noble drama who won a race two back that looked very similar to this one, maybe not quite the same quality, but it just seems like he's in good form, he's going to get a perfect setup, gets a good inside post for his running style. And, and I think he's one that could make some noise. Uh, maybe he won't be good enough to win, but I will definitely be playing him in, in verticals in the first two or three positions. I actually liked in the 10th, I, I, I kind of looked at endorsed and the, the very outside for Safi, 12 volt man. Um, Rob, what did you have in, in the 10th race? I didn't have anything in the 10th race. I only had two spot plays in the eighth race, the inside information. I kind of like obligatory. Um, I thought she, you know, I didn't think she got the best trip in, in the Breeders' Cup, in the Philly and Mayor Breeders' Cup sprint way back that day. Thought she had some decent run late. Um, she's two for two at Golfstream. Um, I love Bill Mott with mares, especially as they get older. They're, you know, Royal Delta. You can go back with him. He's I just think he's really good with mares. Um, I, I think I think she's going to be ready to run her best race. I like her workouts coming into this race. I didn't see the morning line price on her because I had the Se seven uh, to five. Yeah, Is just that, like an Eagles fan, give yep. us a spot yeah. play at seven. Yeah, to seven five. to five. And Craig, second Craig, race, I swear to God, this guy gives out yesterday. Iowa yeah, State money so line, money line against oh. Kansas State. He goes, oh. 
Uh, big play tonight, Iowa State money line minus 225. <laughs> well, listen, listen, uh, I, I gave minus you a 20 to one shot. Listen, I, I gave uh, out a couple of 21s I like, but uh, 20 to one shots. Yeah. Also, in the second race, a maiden race, um, I always like to look at Golfstream at guys, how their maidens are running, their younger horses are running. I think sometimes these trainers, they'll point certain horses to this meet. Um, I, I really like the way the Weaver Barn's been going. I liked one on the turf there Sunday. I think it was Sunday. Horse race lights out, got a terrible trip. Um, I like this dark vector uh, from the rail in the second race for George Weaver. Uh, Javier's up. I, I think this horse has a shot at a price. I'm not sure what it is morning line. Like I said, that's not on here. But uh, Dark Vector's a horse I like in the second race. Yeah, this one's a little more redeeming for you. Eight to one on the morning line. There you go. Uh, yeah, not there you not go. quite seven to five. Uh, yeah. Seven to five uh, spot plays. I call those picks for hey, money. Hey, guys, runners. I don't know. I, I kind of like this horse song. Got to up the average. Got to up the average. Uh, do you guys, uh, this horse named Zenyatta. I don't know the morning line, but. Uh... <laughs> Hold on. Hey. If you look right behind me, you'll see Zenyatta in my picture. Oh, there you go. Everybody yeah. was Zenyatta. I guess Zenyatta. I can't lie. I had a decent sized bet on Blaine in that in that race at Churchill. So I was not to root her down, but I was I was rooting her down. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to actually uh always try to beat Zenyatta, and it only took like 20 starts, but I finally did it. <laughs> hey craig we can't let you go without a football pick now mind you one of the gutter snipes you're talking to um you can be as honest and transparent as you want to be who's playing in the super bowl all right well rob is probably going to hate this if he knows my reputation as one of the ultimate twitter mushes but I think oh, yeah. the Eagles are a lock. Uh, I oh, don't see no. any way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see any way Brock Purdy, as great as his story is, uh, I just have a hard time believing that he's going to be able to, to take this team all the way to the Super Bowl. That Eagles defense is for real. So uh, I'm on the Eagles in that one. The other one's a bit more of a toss-up, but I'm looking for more of a repeat of last year. I just think the Bengals kind of have Kansas City's number and go Joe Burrow. Yeah, the Bengals really look like, you know, they haven't lost a game since I think Halloween. They really look like they just put it together in November, and it's just been on a run ever since. And I do think the Eagles could win, but they got to stop that San Francisco run game. That's the one-week spot in the Eagles' defense. But – um you know, you, you can run the ball on them. You can dink and dunk sometimes. Eagles don't have the best linebackers. They have a very good line, but they're linebackers in space. They're not, they're not, they don't invest in it. It's, I don't agree with it, but they just don't invest in linebackers with high picks anymore. And San Francisco does. So, I mean, it's, you know, but it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a hell of a game. Hey, Craig, next time you're on and it'll be before baseball season, I'll, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you that. You better get ready. We're going to do an over-under on the O's, and me and you are going to bet it together. We are going to bet it together because my team has opted out of baseball. So, all right. Uh, Sounds good. Go O's. Go Birds. Uh, Craig, once again, you can find him at Timeform US Figs on Twitter. I, I got that right. I, I, I always <laughs> – it's at Timeform US, but at Timeform US Figs. And also – uh, the DRF YouTube, him and uh, our great friend David Aragona 
doing the Lord's work over there. Also available on wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, what have you. I find it great drowning out information for small children. So thank you, <laughs> Mazel Tov for that. Craig, much love. I can't wait to talk to you again. Uh, on the flip side of this, me and Rob are talking to uh, some guy named Mike Maloney. He wrote a book. We'll entertain him uh, right after these short words. All right, you know we made it to the big time right now because uh, I'm happy to introduce first time on YouTube uh, with us and certainly a long-standing friend of the Stewcast, friend to the Robin Stew Show now, my uh, compadre, my amigo, uh, my gambling uh, hero, spirit animal. That's that's just what he is. Live from Las Vegas, he is. Big Papa Pump, Big Sexy, Mike freaking Maloney. Mike, you look a bullion tonight, my friend. Lavish. <laughs> Thanks, Stu. Uh, you, you know, you know, your standards may be a little low, though, my friend. Uh, that's what my wife tells me. I'll tell you this, though. <laughs> I, I challenge PTF to give you a Big Papa Pump intro, okay? And and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to text him after this. Next time Mike's on, call him Big Papa Pump. He's big sexy. And that's what he that's what he goes by. I think Mike's our first guest with hair. Usually it's just me. Yeah, that's Steve. actually true too. Two ball guys just yelling at each other. Yeah, Only if you're looking at me from the front, Rob. <laughs> uh Mike Maloney, of course, uh goes without saying author betting with an edge. Um, if you can find it, hoard it sell it like gold um it's one of those i think it's already gone down as one of those horse racing books that if you find it it's you hold on to it you keep it you read it you bookmark it um i i, I think it goes without saying you've just been around the block and and i thank you again for coming on because you know we're looking at this pegasus and uh me and rob were talking earlier today and i'll let you take it rob with the first question but i mean it's not like any of these blow your socks away so kind of kind of a, a little at a loss here rob i'll let you have the first question for mr maloney yeah i mean this is kind of a I don't want to say it's a lackluster, but I guess I am kind of saying that. Like, I, I think it's a decent feel, but I don't think it's anything when you go through it. You know, you're thinking Pegasus. I mean, I understand you're trying to make this, the, you know, big, big ordeal with charging. Uh, what are they charging to get in a golf stream? I think it's $125 a ticket or $100 a ticket. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're making it into a concert. I, I get it, you know. But uh, how, how did you feel about the race just as far as the horses that are in it? Because me looking at it, going over the racing form the last two days, it's not really a like crazy talented race. I agree with you, Rob. I I thought the race came up a little soft for three million dollars. Uh, you know, it, 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 there's no uh, uh, there's no superstar in here. I mean, Cyberknife's a nice horse, um, and and he's the best horse in this field. But uh, that's that's a tough post giving his, he kind of likes to uh, lay right off the pace and, and given that, uh, 
given that 10 post, that's not an easy trip at Gulfstream at a mile and eight. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he comes out of there, right? Because even in the race in Arkansas last year, he was really aggressive during that race. It always seems like if he gets too close, then he wants to be right on a lead. He gets aggressive. It's going to be interesting to see the way uh, the trip he gets from out there. You know, I mean, I'm, I tend to be more of a sheets player on bigger days. I kind of like looking at the numbers. I mean, his numbers obviously are pretty good, but uh, I, I don't know how you feel, but me going over to uh, the race, I feel like there's a lot of early pace. I, I, I want to see if we're going to get a little bit of a speed duel here. I agree. I think the rate, the pace is definitely going to be a, a solid or, or even, uh, you know, maybe a fast pace. So, and I don't think that's, uh, I don't think that's really going to help Cyberknife because he's, you know, he, he's not a deep closer. He's a horse that likes to use his speed. He has a kind of a high cruising speed and he likes to, he likes to get in the race and, and then grind it out. And that's, you know, that's going to be, that's going to be a little tough here because I, I can't see any kind of soft pace scenario coming up in this race. No, definitely Mike. not. And sometimes we're kind of disappointed. I, I mean, I shouldn't say disappointed, but I mean, especially in New York, like I like to bet a lot of New York racing, you get these races sometimes and you're like, Oh, there's going to be all kinds of front end speed in here. And then, they go 25, 51 to the half, and then you're like, you're sitting second or third, you know, last on the wood, and you just know you're dead. I, yeah. I mean, before they yeah. even turn from home. So, you know, it's going to be interesting if we get some speed. I, I know because I watch parks a lot, uh, being a Jersey guy. My dad used to take me to Philly Park when I was a kid, so I watch it. Riding with Biden, I, I, I think it's kind of a uh, – I, I don't think he has any chance to win, but I think he has a really He's chance to win. your favorite horse in the race, race, correct, Rob? <laughs> just yeah. just one of those ones you bet the name on correct Rob? yeah yeah for sure yeah mm -hmm. um yeah I, I don't know I, I think he has a chance to really kind of to mess it up in there and throw a monkey wrench into the early uh early pace there yeah an art collector is probably another horse that that's his only shot is is to mix it up early so you know it look, looks like you're you know i would totally agree that the pace has to be solid Mike, looking at looking at these races, and 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 I've heard, you know, um, our, our our friend uh, Paul Matisse um, and Duke Matisse kind of talk about this a little bit. We are we? How do you approach it? Because I'm still like I'm in, I'm out. I'm a weekend warrior. We don't always get the nice grade one on a weekend and different different districts but with the Lasix coming off and some of these horses are coming off Lasix or haven't been on it for a while so it's not nothing new how, how are you approaching that still at this point I mean we're we're a ways into it but how, how do you approach the coming off Lasix or you know being off it for a while what's your approach it, it's a problem Stu because you know, it, it doesn't come into play as much in this race as it does in a lot of stakes races. But um, you, when you have horses switching on and off Lasix every other race, it, it, you know, it's just another factor in a complicated game trying to handicap horse races. So it, it it's, you know, it, it's not a huge deal in this race, I don't think, but in most stakes races today, it, it is. And, and it, it, you know, they get, need to get that straightened out because it's, uh, 
you know, it just makes it, it hurts the form. You know, some horses won't show up without their Lasix. Uh, some horses won't show up in certain uh, temperature situations. You know, if it's a hot, muggy day, you know, they, they, they might stop without the Lasix. And the same horse, you give him a cooler day in the fall or something, he might, he might run okay without the Lasix. So it's a, it's a huge factor that's hard to predict that, you know, it, it, it destroys the form in, in the races and, and, and makes it harder to handicap and makes it harder to bet with confidence. So uh, you mentioned Paul Matisse, who's a guy that I have tremendous respect for, one of the, if not the best handicapper in the country, one of, one of the best. And I know he feels the same way, that it's, it's just, uh, it's detrimental to betting horses, you know, when you, when you throw a, a factor in that's almost impossible to, to know ahead of time what's going to happen. It's well, dangerous Mark, for the horses too. You know, it's yeah, dangerous yeah. for the horses. It's something that really helps an animal. I mean, it's really, it's so ridiculous that they bow down to these people and got rid of it because it's something that helps the horse during the race. I mean, it's really, like you said, not only for handicapping, for the horse itself, for the horseman, these guys put in all these time with these horses and the millions of dollars spent and you get these races. Sometimes the horses stop midway through or in the stretch and then you get them scoped after the races and they're bleeding or they've had other issues. And it's, it's really hard. You're not lying. It's, it's really a monkey wrench into the whole thing. Mike, can you, I, we, we've kind of talked about the pace. We've kind of talked about some of the ancillary things to be cognizant of and how to approach it. Um, how are you approaching this race uh, from a perspective of, you know, combining all this together and just looking at, you know, like we are, you, you kind of already alluded to Cyberknife, uh, maybe not the world's greatest five to two morning line shot ever. Well, what I know from experience playing races at Gulfstream, this race is a mile and an eighth and, and Gulfstream is a mile and an eighth dirt track. So you don't have a lot of, of runway before you hit that first turn when you come out of the gate. <clears throat> what that will do is, you know, it, it just, unless the field really strings out, it makes it very tough. If you're three wide going or four wide going into that first turn, it makes it very hard to work out any kind of a ground saving trip. Um, everybody's trying to dive to the rail. Everybody's trying to save a little ground. And, you know, betting uh, five to two shots out of the 10 hole at that distance at Gulfstream, just, you know, it's not a way to make money. It doesn't mean Cyberknife can't win this particular race, but it, it, it's, um, you know, in this situation, I, I feel like he's the best horse, but what my gambling experience has taught me is Cyberknife will be a horse I'll use that I'll include in my exactas, trifectas, but it won't be the horse that I'll keep. Um, the, the race, it, 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 there's a lot of um, uh, waters running in di different directions in this race. I, I like races where most of the water's running in the same directions, uh, where things are, multiple factors are pushing me to the same horse. That's not the way this race lays out. Um, but 
you know, it, 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 it's a big race and I'll, I'll make some kind of play in there. And I, when I look at the race, I see uh, three horses that, that I can get interested in to some degree. Cyberknife for one, just because I, th I think he's the class of the race and probably the best horse, but at that price, he can't be the key. Proxy is, an, is another horse. He's drawn the rail here. He projects to get a good trip. Uh, he has Rosario as his jockey. Uh, he hadn't run in 60 days, but Stidham is pretty good with this move as trainer. I think uh, the horse will probably be fit and ready to go. He hasn't ever raced at Gulfstream Park. That's another concern. But the things I like about Proxy are that, as Rob and I were discussing, I think the pace of the race is going to be solid. And, that, and if that's the case, that should play into Proxy's hands. He has a, a good finish. He gets a little disconnected from the race sometimes. I don't like that he drops back a little too far once in a while, but um, he, he always has a solid finish. So I think he's the horse I have the most confidence in to be in the trifecta somewhere. The other horse that, that grabs my attention a little bit is Defunded. Uh, Baffert shipping him in from the West Coast. He looks like he might be the speed of the speed. And Gulfstream is a track when you're running on their main track. Uh, even in races where it looks like there's too much speed, sometimes the speed of the speed will exceed your expectations there. So I always try to protect myself against that. And to me, Defunded is the best of the pure speed horses. So those are the three horses that, that I'm going to focus on um, the most in the race. Can I ask you a question about one that, that kind of drew my sure. ire? And, and I get what you're saying about proxy, but I think if you like proxy, you may be tempted with the number eight, get her number, something Rob has never had to worry about. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you, if you go back and you look at the time form figure, shout out Craig Milkowski, more so shout out David Aragona. He's a G. Craig Milkowski, take him or leave him but uh get her be number nice to my man craig now you know I'll i know i know he just <laughs> he's a ruffian mike pick better friends but four straight slow paces back to back to back and it's closed in i mean surely this race is the race if if you're ever gonna back get her number this is the race screaming for it no he, he's a nice horse. I, you know, I, I can't say that, uh, you know, that he can't win. And I love Louis Saez. He's, he, you know, he's my boy. So uh, I'm always looking to, looking to include him. I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm kind of looking at the, at the projected trip that I'm thinking get her numbers going to, going to work out. And, and I, that concerns me. I, I don't really see, uh, him dropping into a great spot, even with Louie. Um, and, the, you know, the, a mile and an eighth is, is um, uh, not something that Gitter Number has, has done a lot. I think he's only tried it one time um, and didn't hit the board that time. So um, 
you know, I would have some concerns about uh, about getter number. I'm not saying uh, not a horse to include, but tough for me to really get on board with. Another horse in there that that might be worth going over is Skippy Longstock. I think that's a horse that will um, that'll draw some play. And my opinion of of him is is he runs his best when he can get up on the pace, when he can really attend a pace as he did in the West Virginia Derby, as he did in the Harlan's Holiday at uh, grade three at Gulfstream last start. I don't think he can get that trip in here. I think there's too much speed and I think he's gonna be further back than he prefers. So um, that's a horse I may, I may fade to some degree. Because I'll tell you, I get her number. I had a nice size win bet on it, Aqueduct, in that cigar mile. He looked like a winner to me around the turn. I said, man, I'm going to get this. He's going to go right by. I thought he hung on the money in that race. He got to the lead. I thought he just hung around. I think you make a great point with the distance. I just don't think the distance, he, he's good enough to go that long. You know, he to me, that, that was the perfect distance for him at a mile. I, I just think that's too much, you know, too much to ask for him going. Um, I kind of like a long shot in here. I like the outside horse O'Connor. Um, I, I thought she ra- I thought he raced good at Golfstream his first start, one easy by six. I thought last race watching the replay was down on the rail, and then Zayas kind of moved him back, moved him to the outside, made a little bit of a wide move, got a little tired. I think maybe first start off a two month layoff. I don't know if Zaffy had him all the way tuned up and ready to go. Like you said, Skippy Longstocking race good. You know, he's a three-year-old turn of four. Maybe he's getting a little better. But like you said, he got the perfect trip that day. He got away with the speed on the front. The biggest thing I'm worried about with this horse, obviously, like you said, you know, Golfstream, that's a tight track, too. You know, it, like you said, going to lose a lot of distance from the outside. But kind of like O'Connor, I like his sheet numbers. Like I said, second off the layoff. He's had some real nice drills before this race. I just think maybe he can sit the trip and, you know, get there at a price a little bit if, if the other ones kill each other up front. He definitely has upside. I, you know, I, I just, uh, I, I'm, when I see the 12 pole at that distance, I'm like a poker player trying to, that doesn't want to fill an inside straight. You know, I, <laughs> I don't mind the horse that much, but uh, I, I just, uh, you know, I, I, I try to avoid those posts, but that doesn't mean the horse can't run big. No, you're right, though, it, especially on that, like you said, that track, that that Gulfstream t- track really does, like you said, it really pertains to the speed. And that don't be afraid if the horse is the speed of the speed, because you've seen it in this race before where these horses have gotten away, you know, and and they're good enough to bury them. Yeah, the the best speed is always dangerous at Gulfstream on the dirt. Uh, you know, there's some days when it, it you know, it, it it doesn't mean as much, but uh the, I, I played the races there uh, today, Thursday, we're, we're doing this and, and uh, uh, you know, speed wasn't, it, it wasn't as good as it can be some days, but it, it you know, a good inside uh, attending the pace trip was still worth something. So uh, I'm assuming it'll be that way Saturday that, you know, we, we, we're just guessing at what the bias will be. Hell, I may, you know, we may look up Saturday and it may be, uh, all the horses on the outside may be dominating. So we'll yeah, have to change. Yeah. We'll, have to well change it's funny. Direction. That Tapita, 
when, when they first started that to Peter racing this year, it seemed to be all closers, closers mm-hmm. were coming from behind. And, you know, you would think obviously, you know, Florida, you think fast track and everything was funny, but all closers were coming from behind on that. Yeah. And it, it, it's amazing. Those synthetic tracks that I, I've seen already just in the short time that they've used the Tapita at, at Gulfstream, I've seen a lot of outside closing favoring days on it, but I've even seen inside speed days on it. So it, you know, people assume that a lot of people assume that the synthetic tracks don't have a lot of bias, but uh, Turfway is the same way. There are nights when uh, the synthetic tracks will pick up a bias and you have to be really, uh, really alert, but it, 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 but it's worth it when you do find one because I don't think many people expect that. I don't think many, many people play it that way, when, even when the bias does exist. No, 100%. And especially on the body, like you're right, on the poly track, people just, I think people throw that right aside. They don't even pay attention to that as far as a track bias on there. I mean, you know, on the bigger days, especially in horse racing Twitter with all the experts, I mean, as soon as the first race goes, oh, and, and, you know, the track's designed for speed or, you know, I know going to Saratoga all the time, everybody's always complaining after the, you know, oh, it's too fast. You know, you're not going to come from behind or the front, front end's dead. I mean, that's just, yeah, I, I guess that's I, just I, all of us. I went to Saratoga every summer for 25 years and, and we, we had a running joke. If you want to know what the bias is, just go to the men's restroom after the second race. <laughs> Yeah, you got that right. Oh my God, everybody in there complaining. I, I mean, that's, I, I, I guess I that's wish, your source. I wish I could just hear the one-liners from Bud on a bad day. I mean, that that would be uh, your old man. I'm sure just he had him just snapping. Yeah, he he uh, uh, he wasn't a big fan of jockeys for some reason. I I I could never exactly figure that out, but. Uh, one of, one of his lines of, of he talk, someone had asked him, can this guy ride? And he'd say, he's one notch better than a loose horse. <laughs> uh, I, I hope that still carries over to today. Some things you can't forget. Um, one last question on this race, and I think it's pertinent uh, from, a, from a wagering strategy, a gambling strategy. You mentioned at the at the jump off, Mike, that this is a race. You got multiple different streams. You don't have information going down one specific pipe. Uh, for the folks who are looking at playing this uh, horizontally or vertically, wh- what's the kind of advice that you can give um, just as far as, you know, besides the obvious, bet responsibly. Don't bet, you know. You know, if you want to bet your mortgage, do so responsibly, right? Um, you Absolutely. know, yeah, yeah, Rob, I think you're betting your child's 401k, but responsibly. So, I mean, it's okay if you just, you know, but, but for, for real, um, like, what's the best advice you can give to folks jumping in and playing this card? Well, I, I'll just lay out kind of the way I approach these things and, and people can, uh, determine if, if they think it's worthwhile or not. But I, I look at, at, at horses differently when I'm looking at vertical and, and horizontal bets. Uh, to use examples from this race, uh, proxy, 
to me is a is a lot more interesting as a vertical key than he would be as a horizontal key because uh you know a horse that that is in the back of the pack early and makes a, a huge run and maybe has to wait for room at the top of the lane and comes flying late and gets beat a length he doesn't do you a bit of good in the horizontal but that horse can make you a lot of money in the verticals uh a horse like defunded if if he got if he were to shake loose on the turn and open up a couple of links and he's very likely to win to hold on he's a horse that he i would be more interested in him in the horizontal pools because if he doesn't make the lead if he doesn't work out the right trip if the pace is too hot he might just fold and he's not going to do you any good in the in the vertical pools so uh that would be the thing i would emphasize to to the players out there that is you know you have to you have to fit the the uh, bet to the racing question i always say it's like having a toolbox and i'm going to look at the race and in the toolbox is full of of my all the things i've learned on how to wager over the years and all the different wagers that are available to me and I'm going to look at my opinion of the race and then I'm going to go to the toolbox and figure out what bet is good for this job. I'm not going to decide, hey, I'm going to use a hammer and then go no matter what the job is, I'm pulling out the hammer, even if it's like hanging, uh, you know, that helmet on the wall behind you. I'm, you know, I'd mess up. You'd have, you'd have called the drywall man in after I left. So we don't want to do that. See, that, that that's smart. The, the approach I have is like a jackhammer. You just go to simulcast and you're just oh, going yeah. around betting all the races. I, I, I got one more question for you. When there's a big day in racing like this, you know, yeah, everybody's excited that there's big races. How do you go into the day as a gambler when you're going over the card? Are, are you going to play every race? You probably don't, but you pace yourself in the beginning or is it, is it a spot play day for you? Yeah, you know, I'll definitely not bet every race, but you know what what I learned early through trial and error and and busting out and and you know making bad moves at the track and losing and and being so frustrated with myself I couldn't hardly see straight when I left there uh was that my tendency and I think most people's tendency on big days is you study the form three or four hours and you see things you like and you see opportunities and you're so cranked up when when the day starts that you get caught speeding you know you <laughs> you you do too much too early and you get pulled over and when you get pulled over for speeding you've got like 20 or 30 percent of your day's wagering money left you know you've already dug the hole for yourself by the time a lot of the races that that you really like come up one of the things i wrote in betting with an edge and i you know i i, I like it I, I i i think it's pretty sound advice is a good horse player is gonna know more the last half of the card than the first half of the card you're gonna know exactly how the track's playing you're gonna know what human connections are on top of their game what jockey's hot, what trainer's horses are all firing. You're going to know all those things. You're going to know them better the second half of the car. 
So why run in and, and put ourselves, you know, limit what we can really do at the end of the card by overplaying the early part of the card? I think that's a real common mistake that I see, you know. I hate you for it, though, Mike, because it's like I'm sitting there and I want to play the first few races just because I want the action. But then I have that that sense in my mind and I'm like, you're ready to sweep the cards, Stu. You're, you know, yeah. being, being the at, having the athletic background that you have. Well, well, you're well when, you're, when you're a Spartan you, you from Michigan State. When you're a Spartan from Michigan State, Mike, we've talked about this. You know this. I, I mean, I haven't lost a horse race since June of uh, 2017. So, I mean, you know, what do I know? Right. <laughs> Um, Mike, are you going to be on any other shows? I know people ask you left and right. Your publicist gave me an earful today. Um, <laughs> you, you know, I've cut back Stu and, and you and, and, uh, and your, your friend PTF are, are about the only request. Uh, I, I did do a, 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 a pod with Craig last year. Uh, but uh, for he and David and and I, I you know I totally uh, can you do that do again that please again. please can you do I know what you're talking about can you do that again no please? I love to do that I, those guys okay. I love those guys they're both I'll talk, great I'll talk to Dave and Craig and be like hey guys save this for a nice little weekend yeah okay and, where and, your friends need P help PTF I don't you know I don't hang out with him for the handicapping I just <laughs> like to see what he's wearing that day <laughs> oh god i mean i he took third place at the uh colonel mustard cosplay convention this year very exciting congratulate him next time that sounds like a brooklyn thing I, yeah we, yeah we it's very much it's it's there's not much of much that going on in kentucky Stu. i hate to tell you i'll tell you what you know at least brooklyn's better than new jersey am i right rob Wow, how dare you? How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> uh, Mike, the book is Betting with an Edge. Uh, PTF may have uh, photocopied a few, few uh, copies left, but if not, it is worthwhile to find it uh, wherever you can. You're a mensch. You're such a, uh, a beautiful baby. Uh, so I appreciate you. And... Um, you know, with that, Rob, thank you, Mike. Thank you, Craig Thanks, Mokowski. Mike. Yeah, Craig Mokowski, thank you. And uh, take care, brush your hair. We'll be back next week with a little uh, college basketball action here on the Robin Stew Show.